Yes, people, it's episode 128 of Griff's Brain Dub. It's me, Griff. Obviously, this podcast is brought to you by Supermalt. I say brought to you by Supermalt. That is sponsoring it. I'm just drinking one. Sat in the car, Saturday morning, and um, you know when someone does something that's wrong, but it's benefited you? So Naomi left my bloody window open in the car because I've sat in it. I'm just like, wait, how comes I can hear all the birds outside so clearly? She left the bloody window open, fuming that she left my window open, you know, my car got broken into, but it didn't, and now I'm sat in a, a car that's quite cool, <laughs> I'm not sat here sweating, I know we've got to shoot off to a baby shower today, so I've got to just record this early, it's 10.30 in the morning, but I've been productive, been to the gym already, and um, I'm not driving later today, she's driving, that means I can get fucking on it, you know we're staying down there anyway, but I'm going to get on it. And um, not drinking because tomorrow I'm not just on one, I'm on two podcasts tomorrow. Recording two podcasts tomorrow. Damn, got a gig. It's all in London, so not driving. But you don't care about that stuff. Um, you want to know how my week's been? Week's been all right, shit. Drunk neighbours just come up there. His house and he's gone the other way. Thank fuck for that. What he likes to do is see people in their car and just try to get in. Oh, shit, he's coming back this way. Oh, fucking hell. This is going to be ridiculous. If I stay still, will he see me? I've stayed still. He's gone. He's gone back in. Do what? He's harmless. He's just a raving drunk. I was really out of order. Like, right, so we've got these neighbours. They've got fucking pigeons. These pigeons have shat all over my car. To the point where... I've just like given up. No, I don't even wash my car now. My car's just covered in shit. I've got I'm one of those guys who has that car. There's nowhere I could park it. They they have pigeons. I have all the birds. Why the fuck do they have pigeons? Right. I've got pigeons and they uh and they're just shit neighbours. Like they just dump stuff in the garden. I've got a big communal garden. Luckily their their side of the garden isn't where our front door is, it's on the other side of the building. But um well, yeah, they burnt stuff. They were burning, like, their cardboard. And then they tried to blame the drunk guy. Now, I haven't lived here as long as Naomi has, but Naomi's gone, look, the drunk guy's a drunk. He might fall asleep with his radio on too loud. But he doesn't burn stuff in the garden. He, that, is, that just isn't his MO. Poor bloke, he came out. It's like they tried to blame me for bur- burning stuff for the garden. So... <coughs> So I say that to say this, <laughs> as I choke on this fucking supermalt. It's because someone's weird in one way. You can't just blame them for being weird in everything they do. You know what I mean? Like, because someone's like a recluse in their house and then they become accused of being like a paedophile. People just go with it. It's like, well, they are weird. I mean, they do have a stamp collection, so why wouldn't they touch kids? It's like, dad, you can't just bunch those things together. <sighs> well, anyway. <laughs> Um, what, what else do I actually want to talk about today? What, what have I done in my week? I'll talk about my week first. And um, had an amazing gig on Wednesday. Actually, I went, Monday I went to Soho Comedy. Didn't gig, but it was a great little room. Just hung out. Uh, watched Filio, Jay, and Nathan. Filio Huff. I've seen their names like, you know. Filio Huff, Jay Handley, and uh, Nathan G. Books. All smash it. And other people smash it as well that I haven't seen... For a while, Jambi McGrath, she she absolutely she killed it. Um, so I'll be there on Monday. So 
wanted to gig and didn't get to gig. Tuesday, for whatever reason, I'd... What the fuck was I doing Tuesday? Must have been just chilling out at home. But Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Gigged at the Ritzy. And, oh, Stormer. An absolute Stormer. Basically, I have this one joke that I've been trying to work on for ages. And I haven't been able to get it right. It's a sensitive topic. And I really want it to be in my hour show in August. 14th to the 16th. Essex Boy at Tap Rooms in Islington. Get your tickets with DarrenGriffs.com. £10. Anyway, and... um. <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted, I really want that joke in there. It's just, I just think it's a really funny joke, but it's, it's an important joke as well. So I wanted it in the show. And I haven't been able to work it out. It just makes everyone get really tense. So I talk about the, the subject, but I've managed to work it out. I've unlocked it. So if I just, I need to try it a few more times, different places. And if people fuck with it, then yeah, good. It's, it's definitely staying in. But at least I've told it in a way that now it's been funny. It's never been funny any other time. But um, it's just been one of those jokes that people go, oh, yeah, no, it's a good point. Or they're just too tense and they can't even hear the joke. Like, oh, my God. Ah. So, um, yeah. Well, uh, looking forward to that, man. But, yeah, that was on um, on Wednesday. Really good show. So it was a great comedian. So I was headlining. And it's fun to think about headlining is, right? When everyone's having a stormer, if you're not headlining and everyone's having a bloody stormer, having a good gig, then that's great. Because you jump on, you feed off that energy, you have a good gig, great. You're just one of the guys who's having a good gig today. But when you're headliner and everyone's had a good gig, everyone's like, okay, everyone's been amazing. And they're not the headliner, so the headliner, he better be good. And I was like, shit. And it's my first time returning there since uh, I gigged out completely off my face. Um, I was at a work event before, drinking from 2pm. All the way up till 6, 7. Got to the gig, carried on drinking. Then went on stage and just proceeded to just half-tell jokes, uh... Try to do crowd work, which is borderline just abuse. <laughs> and, um, oh, it was terrible. So just before I set foot on stage on Wednesday, someone goes, yeah, the same people were here that, that were there that night. And I was like, what? And it's like, yeah, they're really nervous about you going on stage. And I was like, oh, great. I guess I'll have to address that then in the first few minutes. Otherwise, uh, they're not going to listen to a thing. They'll be on edge. So I had to just apologise for my behaviour. <laughs> It's what happens sometimes. It's what happens. You, you get drunk, you have too much fun, you forget where you are. It's probably what will happen today at this baby shower. We've got a lot about a baby shower. British baby shower. Is the baby born yet? No. What are we doing to celebrate? The lads are going on a pub crawl. The ladies are sitting indoors playing games. The lads are going on a pub crawl down the river. Wunderbar. That's the way it should be. Uh, right. What, um... Let's see what it is. So, what do I want to talk about today? Oh, right. First things first. Let's talk about Ariel. I'm probably going to talk about this on uh, on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, I don't want to say na- uh, I'll say names podcast. If, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But so one's um, all I do is fail with um, Ali Woods and Tom Elwes. Uh, that should be a really good one. Looking forward to that. 
and then that's my first time on that. Then I'm reconnecting with the ESN boys. Eloquently saying nothing. Uh, Stav, simple. Wahala, big Wahala. Um, Mr. Wolf and Web Slinger. I think they're all on there. I think they're all going to be there. I don't think I've ever done a podcast with all of them there. Yeah, not all of them have ever been there. So, um, I only was last time I was on their podcast, it was we were talking about Love Island. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about it this time. I was on there, but um, I'm pretty sure they're going to talk about Ariel, the Black Mermaid. Seeing this, the live action version of Little Mermaid going to be played by a black woman. Um, do I haven't even read into it? I've just read into the alleged outrage that's there, and um, it makes no sense now. I'm definitely, well, I'm an advocate of um, character continuity. I don't want there to be a black James Bond. But that's because there's been 50 films. It's kind of like a series, you know? Now, you can't have, like, season four of a, of a program and they just change the main character to, like, a black guy who's a white guy, you know? Imagine watching, like, I don't know, Breaking Bad. I can't, now, why do I use Breaking Bad? I've never even watched it. Let me pick a show that I've watched. Power, there you go. So we're having power, and then Jameson Patrick is now played by Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's happening here? So, no. But a one off cartoon being changed to a live action, it's just, it's nuts. And one tweet was, uh, it's not realistic if it's a black mermaid. Scientifically impossible that. A mermaid could be black because it's too far away from the sun to have melanin. Now, as stupid as that sounds, that's also the type of argument that would come from someone who's like super woke. But not actually woke, you know. <laughs> so, um, but that's the stuff. You're too far away from the water to have melanin. It's weird because I live in the UK and I, I still have melanin. So that's one. Um... Two, it's a mermaid, so if you want to talk about realism, she breathes underwater and she's a fucking mermaid. Let's not forget that. Um, what else is there? She's a mermaid, so it's not real. It's a cartoon. But the bigger thing about all of this, like most Disney stuff, is the moral of the story is dreadful. And I think the appeal against it should come more from black people. Like, why the hell do you want a black mermaid? Do what? Let me actually ignore that. No black person ever said they wanted a black mermaid. Okay. And I actually think the, the black pride in her being a mermaid is actually coming from how upset some white people have got from this. I'll say some black people are so happy about it because of how upset some white people have got about this. Something they're really upset about bloody Ariel. And if you just go through like real historical characters who has been played by white people who weren't like Asian, Indian and stuff. <laughs> and um it's fucking ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous man. But um who else got let me find the actual article that I saw about it. I thought it was brilliant. So let me do this window up and then do that one down. There you go. 
Whew, no, don't want you lot to... Why does every... Look, that's nothing that's pissed me off about the internet. Every fucking website wants you to allow notifications. All the time. Right, there you go. Hayley Bailey. So not Halle Berry. Hayley and Bailey. Hayley Bailey. Uh, has been cast as error in the upcoming live-action adaptation of Disney's Little Mermaid. And a lot of people... Uh, not people have their knickers in a twist because she's black. There you go. So, um, I mean, yeah, I can't see why she can't do it. I just can't play a fucking mythical creature. But then if you like, yeah, so some people saying that, you know, there is such thing as black mermaids, then someone posted about Mammy Wata. And, you know, she's, I don't know what she's from, what kind of mythology. I think it's some kind of West African mythology she's from. I don't some people just. I'm not sure if it's one of these things that people aren't actually bothered about, and people are making out that they are. Like it's weird. Little Mermaid's based in the Caribbean as well. Fucking Sebastian the Crab. How about them? How about that, eh? You have a Caribbean crab, but not a Caribbean. Um, not a Caribbean. Well, actually, I don't know. Should be Caribbean. The point I was going to make before, that's it, with all these Disney things, is the underlying moral of the story is always fucking dreadful. What is the moral of the story of Little Mermaid? Change yourself to impress a man. That's the story, ladies. You as a mermaid, you lived in the sea. But a man who isn't from there goes, hey, I like you, but the fish thing, nah. I can't take you to Weatherspoons and you're fucking flapping around. It's disgusting. Isn't that the story? She changes her legs. What does she exchange to get legs? Let's let's find this out now. Little mermaid story. I don't want. It's going to be all about the fucking news. Film synopsis. Alright, there's a fairy tale written by Dave Hans Christian Andersen. Oh, so if it's his one, there'll be something really, uh, really t- dark and twisted. The story follows the journey of a young uh, mermaid who is willing to give up her life in the sea and her identity as a mermaid to gain a human soul. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. That's what it's about. Little mermaid lives in an underwater kingdom. And the widowed father, the sea king or murking. Um, is it murking a name for like a pubic wig? So, yeah, shit. You see, that is the. See, I love the fucking original versions, the non Disney shit. Brilliant. So the Little Mermaid becomes. Wait. Yeah, right, so there you go. So the little mermaid becomes melancholic and asks her grandmother if humans can live forever. This after her witnessing the prince's birthday. The grandmother explains that humans have much shorter lifespans than mermaids, 300 years. But that when mermaids die, they turn into sea foam and cease to exist. While humans have an eternal soul that lives on in heaven. Wow. The little mermaid, longing for the prince and an eternal soul, visits the sea witch in a dangerous part of the ocean. 
I guess that's Ursula, right? The witch willingly helps her by selling her a potion that gives her legs in exchange for her tongue and beautiful voice. As the Little Mermaid has the most enchanting voice in the world, the witch warns the Little Mermaid that once she becomes a human, she'll never be able to return to the sea. Consuming the potion will make her feel as if a sword is being passed through her body, yet when she recovers, she will have two human legs and will be able to dance like no human has ever danced before. Alright, you can't sing, but now you can dance. Nice. However, she will constantly feel as if she's walking on sharp knives and her feet will bleed terribly. Brilliant. This is a shit deal. Um, in addition, she will obtain a soul only if she wins the love of the prince and marries him. For then a part of his soul will flow into her. Otherwise, at the dawn of the first day after he marries someone else, the little mermaid will die with a broken heart and dissolve into sea foam upon the waves. This isn't in the Disney version. <laughs> Once she agrees to the arrangement, the little mermaid swims to the surface near the prince's palace and drinks the potion. She is found by the prince, who is mesmerised by her beauty and grace, even though she is mute. Most of all, he likes to see her dance, and she dances for him despite suffering excruciating pain with every step. <laughs> what is this? Soon the little mermaid becomes... What the hell is that wrong on my screen? Yeah. Um, that is mad soon the little mermaid becomes the prince's favourite companion and accompanies him to many of his outings when the prince's parents uh, encourage their son to marry the neighbouring princess in an arranged marriage because these things happened all across Europe it's not just an Asian thing the prince tells the little mermaid he will not because he does not love the princess he goes on to say he can only love the young woman from the temple who he believes rescued him it turns out that the princess from the neighbouring kingdom is the temple girl oh as she was sent to the temple for her education the prince declares his love for her and the royal wedding is announced at once oh that's real love rather than a fucking weird mermaid thing with legs now oh anyway the princess the prince and the princess celebrate their new marriage on a wedding ship and the little mermaid's heart breaks she thinks of all that she has sacrificed and all of all the pain she has endured for the prince she despairs thinking of the death that awaits her but before dawn, her sisters rise out of the water, bring her a knife uh, that the sea witch has given them in exchange for their long, beautiful hair. So now they're bald bitches. <laughs> That's, I need to say that for alliteration. Um, if the little mermaid kills the prince and lets his blood drip on her feet, she will become a mermaid once more. All of her suffering will end. And she will live out her full life in the ocean with her family. However, Little Mermaid cannot bring herself to kill the sleeping prince lion with his new bride. Oh, those sisters must be mad. You got me here in the sea all bald and shit. And you ain't going to kill him. Oh, I had that real ghetto stuff in my head. I didn't want to do the voice, but that's how I feel it would be. I don't know why I feel like the mermaid's like, mm-hmm, you better stab him, girl. You better stab him. You got me all, ain't to see all bald and shit. You need to stab him. You better stab your man, boo. Get your, wait, hey, get your tail back. Get back in the sea. Get your ass back in the sea, girl. You know you don't need no damn legs. Shit, you a mermaid, girl. You know, human bitch. Anyway, so, um, 
Uh, she throws the knife and herself off the ship into the water just as dawn breaks. Her body dissolves into foam, but instead of ceasing to exist, she feels the warm sun discovers that the sun that, that she is, has turned into a luminous and ethereal earthbound spirit, a daughter of the air. As a little mermaid descends into the atmosphere, she is greeted by other daughters who tell her she has become like them because she strove with all of her heart to obtain an immortal soul. Because of her selflessness, she is given the chance to earn her own soul by doing good deeds for mankind for 300 years and will one day rise up into the kingdom of God. Ah, so it's a Christian story. Didn't I that? Fucking hell, tell you what, the real Little Mermaid's much deeper. So how did the Disney one end then? I mean, I, I, I can't read the fucking Disney stuff, do you? Can I, what, let me just find how the Disney one ended. Does she just trade it all for for my man? Uh, how's it go? One night, did it, makes a deal, transferring to a human. Yep, so Ursula. Ariel must receive a kiss of a true love from Eric. If Eric gives if Eric gives Eric a kiss, she'll remain human permanently, otherwise she'll transform, blah 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 blah. Uh alright. Next day Eric goes Eric will be married to Vanessa. Yes, that's the true love thing again. Scuttles Scuttles Vanessa's true identity and informs Ariel who immediately pursues the wedding barge. So that's an how's it happen then? What happens? Use the trident. Eric intervenes with a harpoon. and Elsa attempts to kill Eric. But Eric intervenes, causing Elsa to inadvertently kill Falstam and Jensen. Enraged Elsa uses the trident to glow. To size, Eric and unite on the surface just before Eric goes past the tower. And over them, she then controls... This, sorry, I just realised what I'm doing. I'm on a podcast. I, feel, I forgot I'm <laughs> I am recording. That is terrible podcasting. I apologise. Let's forget about it. Fuck the little mermaid. Forget that. But don't actually fuck a mermaid. Actually, if you were to fuck a mermaid, uh, would you do a traditional mermaid or inverted one? So fish head, leg bottom, or the traditional one, so human top, fish tails. It'd be interesting to know, right? Interesting to know. Also, what else happened? Women's World Cup, England, going out, semi-final, missing a penalty, heartbreaking, heroic style. It's the England way, right? It's just the England way. It's how England go out of international tournaments. But um, all that controversy about, uh, was it Morgan celebrating, the way she celebrated, sipping tea? Oh, you can't celebrate. She made a great point, though. She goes, Cristiano Ronaldo flipping grabbed his nuts. But Simeone said they lacked the cojones to win. All she does is sip tea with her pinky and they're like, this is a disgrace. I don't, I don't think it's that deep. We'll say this though, there is, you got, there's only certain countries you can get away with doing that to. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can sip tea against playing against England, Germany, Steiner beer, um, France eat a baguette. That's fine, but if you start playing, you know, any Asian, African country. You start eating their national dish. <laughs> That's the way it's celebrated. Oh, it's gonna get get a bit techy for you, isn't it? It's gonna be, it's gonna get mad technical, like. Right. Um, let's get on dear Deirdre. Get and so I can leave. I can feel her about to cuss me if I take too long to do this. 
Um, I regret cheating on my fella while he was away on holiday, in commas, getting married to another woman. Hey? What? Let's, let me read that again. I regret cheating on my fella while he was away on holiday, getting married to another woman. Let's go again. Dear Deirdre, I had great sex with one of my boyfriend's mates. Oh, my God. When it turned out, my boyfriend's holiday in India was really to marry another woman. Now he's back with me, but I've ruined everything. I don't... No, what? All right, let's read. Let's just read. I've been with my boyfriend for nine years. We met at college when I was 18 and he was 21. He is from an Indian background, so there was always an issue that his parents wouldn't want him to settle down with a girl. Would settle down with a girl from their culture, yeah. And you're not from their culture, I'm guessing. You may be a white woman. Um, but he always insisted he loved me and wouldn't go along with their wishes. Nine months ago, when he said he and his male cousin were going to India to have a holiday with family, I didn't question it. They were due to be away for six weeks and planned it for months. But just a week before he left, he admitted he was getting married to a girl his family had found for him over there. I was heartbroken. But he said he could not say no to his family any longer. After he left, I went crazy, drinking and hooking up with guys. Just guys, just any guys. That's mad, isn't it? I mean, I hope she was actually attracted to the guys, not just any guy. I mean, just fat Pete, just at the pub, just drinking his bloody stout. Just burping, his belly hanging out the bottom of his t-shirt. She's like, oh, you, what? Sad Joe fucked off the engine to marry. Some Indian girl that he's never fucking met. And I'm gonna fuck you. Because I'm fucking guys. <laughs> All guys, any guys. Ah, oh. And Pete's just like, you what? <laughs> anyway, um, hooking up with guys. I don't know why I'm, I was so stupid. The worst thing was I had sex one night with a friend of my boyfriend's. He's 29. I'd run into him in the pub and he seemed sympathetic. He was just rock hard. The sex felt great at the time, though I realised now he ju- he was just using me. Of course he was. My boyfriend married the girl in India, but only stuck it for a month. He since said that they had nothing in common with her growing up in the Indian village and him growing up in a big city in the UK. Exactly. Um, when he came back, he told me he still loved me. Things got better between us and we started to patch things up. He got divorced from his wife and Indian started to talk about marrying me no matter what his family said. Jesus. He asked me if I'd been with anyone while he was away and I said no. Jesus. But then his mate decided to spill the beads after he was inside me and spilt his beans. Um, spilled the beans about we, <laughs> what we'd done and added all sorts of untrue stuff to excuse himself, making me out to be a complete salut. A comp- He's made me out to be a complete salut. And I'm not a complete salut. Um, my boyfriend admits he still loves me and says that there's no way he can marry me now as his family have heard all the rumours. You imagine. You had nice Indian girl and now you want to bring white girl? White girl who sex everybody in the pub. I can't do an Indian accent. I don't edit this podcast, see, that's there. That's there on the internet now. I think it, I thought it started off okay. Then it got loose. I, I, I lost the confidence. Then I just started questioning what I was doing halfway through the accent. I didn't commit to it. <laughs> anyway, they even blame me for his marriage breakup. Yes, look, that's that's done, really. The net. 
they, you know, because when it comes to like those cross-cultural relationships, what it is I find is from the white side, it's they don't want anything different. That's just generally what it is. It's different. It's weird. We don't know anyone who's like that. Then they meet um, and they go, oh, actually, they're all right. I mean, that's it. They're all right. That's that's the kind of the ground, the resolution they reach. Whereas when it's the ethnic minorities family, it's more of a thing of they won't get our culture. Um, ethnic minorities have such wild stereotypes about white people. It is mad. And so there's like, they won't get our culture and they're it's going to disrespect everything about our culture. So then if you're white and you go into a thing, it's easier to us. If you're an ethnic minority going to a white family, just, just be you. Do you. You're fine. They just don't know. Because anyone who does know just won't even care. Other way around, if you're white going into that thing, just just try to follow the rules, innit? Look at, your partner's got to help you out. You've got to look at them. Be like, right, what are we doing? Like, do Does your dad do that first and I do that? Your dad just asked me to do this. Do I say yes or no to that? Like, what's the right thing for me to do? Train me up. And obviously, if you're, someone's from that culture, they'll just get that straight away. But that's the thing, man. Right. One more, and then I've got to get, get inside and, uh, and leave. Right. Um, what are we going to do? Jesus. Right, let's, let's do this one, because it's about marriage, and I'm getting married. So, Right, I miss her. I have a wife, but I can't stop thinking about the beautiful girl I was with before. You know, five years ago, I fell in love with a girl. I can't stop thinking about her, even though I have a lovely, caring wife. I was single back then, and all this girl's family liked me, but my mum took an instant dislike to her. Why is people letting their parents decide who they're with? She was 32. Uh, we had only been dating for eight months, but we felt so right together. So why did you end it? In my culture. Seems to be the theme. In my culture, parents' views are respected. I love my mum, so I reluctantly ended my relationship with her, with this girl, even though it broke my heart. Respect your parents' views. You don't have to bloody obey them. Mum, I respect your view. I know you think this day's complete salut, but she's not complete salut. So I'm going to have to ignore you, mum. This is uh, nothing to do with you. All right? And when the grandkids come along, that's the one. That's the melter. When the grandkids come along, it's all forgotten. They're like, oh, they're like, oh I love them. And that's it. Um, two years later, I met someone new. My parents approved and we married last year. I am 43. My wife is 41. She's lovely, but I can't stop thinking about the girls with before. I really miss our time together. We are not in contact, but I really wish I was... Was I don't understand how every moment of the day I could miss a girl I was with for just eight months. Yet I was with my first wife for more than seven years before we agreed to separate, as we couldn't have children. And I don't think about her at all. I don't want to tell my wife about any of this. She loves me very much. I don't want to hurt. Yeah, don't tell your wife. Don't tell your wife. Do what you need to do. Go go online, find this girl online, and see what she's doing with her life. You're there thinking there's a chance. That's what your brain's telling you. Like if you just get the balls and tell her how you feel then we can all go back together and no don't see all that you'll see she's not fat um she's with some terrible guy 
she's just living a shit life. She's just a different person now. Or she's exactly the same, but just got a bit hotter. Oh, man, imagine that. <laughs> Either way, man, you've made your choice. Stick with it. Work at that. Focus on your wife, and it'll all get better. And if it doesn't, then follow your heart and don't let your head get turned. And you have to do, man. Anyway, I'm getting out of it because we've got places to be. That's the end of the podcast, episode 128. As always, get your tickets for my bloody Ross Clark show. Um, Essex boy, 14th, 15th, 16th. Tickets are moving again. They're moving again, but I need more to be sold. It's as simple as that. I need to sell more. Okay? Need to sell more. So, if you are coming, please get your tickets. Get them. Find a way to get. you got kids, get a fucking babysitter. Bring bring the missus along. Bring the fella along. Come along to the show. It's going to be fucking funny. I know exactly what's going to happen. People are going to come along, going to have a fucking great time, and then they'll go, oh, man, I can't believe I almost didn't come. You won't admit you didn't come. You'll say it to yourself, oh, my God, I can't believe I almost didn't come. Because what we're going to do with this show, the next time I do another show like this, it won't be £10. It won't possibly be £10. So just get your tickets for the show. Am I I arrogant? No. Cocky. I'm cocky, I'm confident, and, I, and I'm saying it. That's what I think about, all right? So, get your tickets, don't miss out. £10 ticket, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, just get there, man. Get yourselves down there, bring some friends. It's nice, it's in like a microbrewery in the basement of that. So, it's, it's going to be a cool setting as well. So, get your ass along, get some friends. That's it. And then check out ESM Podcast, and uh, all I do is fail podcasts as well. They're all available on spotify and itunes so get that all right people i'm out of here see ya